Hey everybody, this is Brian Zimmerman. And this is Matt Mikucci. And you're listening to Jazz Is Crate Digging. Hey Matt Mikucci. Hey Brian, it's uh, lovely to hear from you and a happy new year. I know it's uh, we're recording this late in January, but I've, someone was telling me recently that it's fine uh, to say that until the end of January, until February. So Wow, yeah, we were just talking about that. How long can you go in the year and still wish someone a happy new year? It can't be, you know, March, April, May and still wishing somebody a happy 2021. But hey, I mean, I know st- people who still have their Christmas lights up, so yes. I'm not judging. That's true. In fact, here, I'm in Ireland, by the way, right now, and um, the government or some politicians were telling people to leave, were encouraging people to leave their Christmas lights up so that it may make people, you know, uplift people's spirits. And I was thinking maybe the opposite would happen because, <laughs> no, you know, people usually, I mean, it's kind of annoying to see Christmas movies and uh, Christmas, hear Christmas music after Christmas. So if you drag it on too much, it might just oh, work you're, the uh, Oh, contraire, way. Matt. You're talking to the wrong guy. I can listen to holiday music all year round. Uh, <laughs> Um, yeah, you know, but hey, that's just me. Anyway, Matt, you know we should mention it's been a while since uh, you've we've been on the airwaves, so to speak, uh, for podcasts here. Kind of took a nice long break to reorient some things uh, at Jazz's HQ. We're going to be moving into a new studio to record some of our live streams. We're going to be coming out with a whole bunch of new multimedia content. So you know, album reviews, artist interviews, hi-fi audio equipment reviews, unboxings. Uh, things like that. And of course, still carrying on with Miles Monday. You'll be able to view all that stuff over on jazzes.com. But we just kind of took a break to step our game up. But like I said, building up a new studio. Um, It's going to be really, really slickly, nicely produced stuff. Um, You're going to really enjoy it. But that that explains our absence on the airwaves. But Matt, it feels good to be back with you, man. It feels good to be back. Absolutely. And it's exciting times and change is always good. Well, most of the time. <laughs> That's right. And we're back for a good reason. We are going to jump into uh, the next episode of our crate digging series. And for those of you listening who don't know, this is, you remember record stores back in the day, you'd go in, you'd talk with the guy or gal behind the counter and get some recommendations or albums, or you'd go to an album swap party and just that time where album recommendations came from real live human beings and not robots or algorithms or streaming software. Well, that's what we're trying to tap into. Matt and I, uh, for these Crate Digging series, we pick some of our favorite albums on a given theme. We talk about them and hopefully we turn some of you listeners out there onto some new music. Um, That's the goal here. And the theme uh, for this episode, Matt, is of course, jazz meets hip hop. Oh yes, right. this was a this was a good one. I'm excited about it, and this, of course, is a series for the audiophiles and the music obsessed and the music fanatics, and especially the jazz fanatics. So this this uh, episode today, it's uh, it's definitely going to be a an, an interesting one, and uh, it was quite difficult for me to to actually only pick three albums, but uh, we'll see. Oh, God. Yeah, I could go on and on. And as a matter of fact, I did. Uh, in the newest, latest, forthcoming issue of Jazz's Magazine, it's coming out in March. It's our spring, 2020, spring 2021 issue. See, I'm still getting my years mixed up, and which is dedicated 
to this theme of jazz and hip hop. We go into the history of jazz and hip hop and how they've intertwined throughout the years. Um, and one of the features that I contributed was an essential jazz rap list. Um, so yeah, this is when it comes to music, these are really my two passions, jazz and hip hop, um, which is why I'm so excited to be talking about them here. And it's just why I'm stoked for the new issue again, coming out in March, 2021. If you're not a subscriber, go ahead and go on to jazzes.com. You still have a few more days uh, to use the promo code new year to receive 20% off that subscription, by the way, Matt. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, with that said, without further ado, Matt, what do you say we go ahead and jump into the list? Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm ready to go. Cool. We should give, you know, kind of a precursor, maybe a precursor, maybe a hip hop uh, 101 going into this. When we talk about hip hop, first of all, like I mentioned, jazz and hip hop, God, they've been having a conversation for almost as long as hip hop has been around. And a lot of scholars pinpoint that date back to the early 70s, 1973, uh, specifically one house party uh, at 1520 Cedric Avenue in the Bronx, in which DJ Cool Herc kind of inaugurated this genre known as hip hop. DJ Cool Herc was a DJ. He used to host these back to school jams in apartment basements. Uh, and at this one jam at 1520 uh, Cedric Avenue, he had the turntables going. Uh, he found a kind of a nice drum break on a funk track. You know, they play a lot of funk records and soul records and R&B records. He found this nice one he found this one nice uh, drum break, kind of spun it on repeat. And as it was going on repeat, he started kind of making up some lyrics, uh, making up some poetry to float on top of the drum beat. The drum beat. Uh, and lo and behold, that would become hip hop as we know it. Um, and by the way, when we say hip hop, Matt, we got to remember, uh, you know, rapping and the music is just one element of hip hop. Uh, there are, according to some people, four or five elements, you know, the one being rapping or emceeing, the other being DJ, DJing, you know, using the turntables, uh, the third being breakdancing, the fourth being uh, graffiti art, and then some say the fifth is beatboxing. There are a whole bunch of others, but hip hop is kind of the overarching philosophy of this style, and rapping just happens to be one element. Wow, that's super yeah. interesting. Yeah. And, you know, there are so many similarities as I was writing this article, both for the new issue and coming up with this list uh, between jazz and hip hop, you know, not just in the beats and the rhythms and the origins, um, but also in this in this notion of improvisation. Hip hop and rap has a strong history of freestyling. You know, rappers would just make up lyrics uh, on off the top of their head off the top of the dome, as they say. Uh, and a lot of time they do this together in like a jam session, the way jazz musicians would get together and have jam sessions. Um, their jam, jam sessions are known as ciphers. And again, a DJ would put a beat on or someone would beatbox and uh, rappers would just come up with lyrics. They'd improvise uh, off the top of their head. And uh, there's some really astute imp uh, freestylers out there. Uh, but yeah, again, there's just so much connection here, musically, philosophically, stylistically. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to get into these jazz rap albums so let's do it matt care to start off sir yeah why not okay so after that after that amazing introduction i kind of feel like the show <laughs> is going to be that long-winded <laughs> no but it was amazing which kind of puts the pressure on me so uh i i'm just gonna uh, go ahead with my first pick anyways and uh it's to pimp a butterfly from 2015 so kendrick lamar is one of modern hip-hop's hottest and 
most acclaimed artists. And To Pimp a Butterfly from 2015 is a major large-scale work that, aside from carrying a message ranging from social justice to self-love, mental health and revolution and so on, shifts seamlessly from interior monologues to songs with a more universal resonance. Uh, some of them have even become anthems for the Black Lives Matter movement, including All Right. And one thing that is absolutely impressive about this album is its wealth and richness in sound, uh, the dense instrumentation, but also the devil in the detail, uh, including narrative and poetic interludes between the tracks that not only add cohesion, but also provide the work with an enhanced theatricality. At times, the scale of the work actually seems operatic. That's a word that kept coming back to me as I was revisiting it. And I chance to say, and some people might not agree, that its scope even had me recalling such major ambitious works as Carla Blay's 1971 Escalator Over the Hill, very different but another great visionary work, and a lot of that creative energy in To Pimp a Butterfly actually comes from jazz, both directly in the music but also just as an attitude. In fact, To Pimp a Butterfly actually does feature such names as Terrace Martin, Kamasi Washington, Thundercat, and many others. And aside from jazz, there's also a load of other styles and genres like soul, retro-funk, and all kinds of influences old and new, a mix that becomes incendiary and results in what is one of my absolute favorite albums of the 21st century so far, and what I would also say, one of the most spectacular albums of the 21st century thus far. Not to mention, a lot of those players would reconvene for Kendrick Lamar's 2018 album, Damn, so you found Kamasi, you found Terrace Martin back on that album, which would go on to win the Pulitzer Prize for Music, which had never been done before by a rap artist. And it kind of takes you back to the time uh, when Wynton Marsalis did the same thing and never had been done before for a jazz artist. So jazz and rap breaking ground in similar ways. Um, another great connection. Uh, and when I wake up, I recognize you looking at me for the pay cut. Bahamas, I be looking at you from the face down. One Mac 11, even boom with the face down. Skimming, and let me tell you about my life. Painkillers only put me in a twilight. With pretty pussy and Benjamin is the highlight. Now tell my mama I love her, but this what I like. Lord knows. 20 of them in my Chevy, tell them all to come and get me. Reaping everything I sow. So my karma come in heaven, no preliminary hearings on my record. I'm a motherfucking gangster in silence for the record. Uh. Tell the world I know it's too late. Boys and girls, I think I'm going great. Trying to side my faces all day. Won't you please believe when I say, when you know we've been hurt, been down before. Nigga, when our pride was low, looking at the world like, where do we go? Nigga, and we hate poor, poor. Wanna kill us dead in the street for sure. Nigga, I'm at the preacher's door. My knees getting weak and my gun might blow, but we gon' be alright. Right, nigga, we gon' be alright. Nigga, we gon' be alright. Very nice, man. I uh, I love that album. One of my favorites. And so for the first album on my list, look, I could have gone back to the 70s with people like DJ Cool Herc. Um, could have gone back to The Last Poets, even, who some people uh, consider, you know, a hip-hop originator. There was stuff that Herbie Hancock was doing in the 80s as well, uh, that Miles Davis was doing in the, the end of the 1980s that kind of shaded toward hip-hop. But for the first on my list, I picked kind of what I consider the quintessential jazz rap album, and that is The Low End Theory by A Tribe Called Quest from 1991. I mean, this album 
passes the jazz authenticity test in every regard. First of all, it features Ron Carter. It's got Ron Carter on a track, but gosh, so many other reasons. Tribe Called Quest consists of MCs uh, Q-Tip and Fife Dog. And Q-Tip especially, his lyrics are replete with nods to the language of jazz, uh, both in his lyrics and through his use of sampling. Hip-hop beat production, very, very reliant on sampling, meaning you kind of take little snippets of other tunes and cobble them together to make a beat. But when it comes to this album, you're finding samples of tunes by Gary Bartz, Weather Report, Eric Dolphy, Grant Green, Cannibal Adderley. Um, And as I mentioned, there's just no shortage of lyrical references to jazz history as well. Um, On the opening tune, Excursions, as a matter of fact, uh, Q-Tip has this line. You could find the abstract listening to hip hop. My pops used to say it reminded him of bebop. So, I mean, that's the way it goes. Things goes in circle. This this album, more than any other, I think, draws the explicit connection uh, between jazz and hip hop. Plus, it's got, there's got a refrain on there from one of the songs. We got the jazz. We got the jazz. Uh, it's no secret that Q-Tip is a huge jazz lover and a fan of all the jazz icons. And yeah, this album, A Tribe Called Quest, uh, The Low End Theory from 1991, my kind of definitive jazz meets hip hop album. Absolute classic. was fitting it was i the abstract and me the five footer i kicks the mad style so step off the frankfurter yo fife you remember that routine that we used to make spiffy like mr clean um um a tidbit um a smidgen i don't get the message so you got to <laughs> okay. run the pigeon you're on point five all the time tip you're on point five all the time tip you're on point five all the time tip so then grab the microphone and let your words rip now here's a funky introduction of how nice i am tell your mother tell your father send a telegram i'm like an energizer because you see i last long my crew is never ever whack because we stand strong now if you say my style is whack this way you're dead wrong i say that body and I'll all right matt shall we move on let's move on. on your list Yes, I believe it's my turn. And for my next pick, I'm going modern as the album that I've chosen was released just last year and it's Purple Moonlight Pages by Rap Ferreira. And in many ways, it very aptly follows your overview of A Tribe Called Quests, Brian, because um, here's a guy of the new breed who really seems to be taking that tradition of classic jazz rap into our century's second decade. Uh, Many of the tracks in this record are very laid back too, to the point of meditative uh, from an aesthetic standpoint. That actually also goes well with Rory Ferreira, aka Milo, aka Rap Ferreira's style of rhyme and lyrics that as anyone familiar with his works will tell you are very philosophical aside from being poetic, dare I say even intellectual, but not overly so. In fact, very often the lyrics are curious, intriguing and stimulating. So you've got lines like, the self is defined by the struggle, uh, which particularly resonate, while elsewhere he ponders on identity and even on the nature of being an artist and what that means in today's world. So it's a fascinating album and a new one for our list celebrating the link between jazz and hip-hop. And actually, that line I just quoted comes from uh, one of the standout tracks on the LP, in my opinion, Non-Cypher, which we will listen to right now. (laughs) 
found the pain quite, quite, quite humbling. You know the self is defined by the struggle. Dared to peek through the viewfinder. Up close with a rude reminder. Deuteronomy and E minor, shuffling chicken bones. Searching for hidden tones and meanings. Niggas was triangulating the feeling. Hidden motives turned to rigor mortis. With Richard Hortense, vivid reminders of why I don't like surprises. Behind the curtain like Polonius. Screams of pain and they hitting most melodious. Tell yourself that ain't odious. I guess Odie obvious. That's bogus, Wody. I'm Bodie Rodis. Singing Spody Odie with the loaded pop. And that's a metaphor, really. You know the vagabond drifty, the troubadour shifty. Like the truth ain't shifted. Perspective be infinite, perpetually lifted. The most high gifts abundant. Soul folks glow illustrious. You move too slow to fuck with us. Feeling lucid the form I dig it. You know, a lot of my albums come from a bygone era, you know, of the early 2000s and 90s and 80s. But it's incredible to see new artists kind of taking up this mantle um, and moving it forward into the future. So I dig it. I dig it. You know, I neglected to mention in my first uh, album, Low End Theory, uh, the producer, the third member of A Tribe Called Quest, that would be Ali Shahid Muhammad who has since gone on to create a new label, Jazz Is Dead, um, that takes artists such as Gary Bartz and kind of reverse engineers the beats. He'll live record Gary Bartz and then build a hip hop style beat around it. Uh, and they've been putting out a bunch of great albums, which by the way, you can hear on our Jazz Is On Disc sampler in our spring 2021 issue. So how cool is that? Very cool. Um, all right, Matt, I'm gonna move on to my next album here. Matt, you know I love jazz. Jazz is my career. Jazz is my life. And I obviously listen to a ton of jazz, as do you. Yes. But if you were to peek into my Apple iTunes, uh, you would see that the most played album of all time in my library is this one here, Nas's Illmatic from 1994. I have listened to this album more than any other in my library because to me it is such a classic. Um, and again, just another great link between jazz and hip hop. Now, Nas, my favorite rapper, there's a reason they study Nas's lyrics, especially from this album, in poetry classes at Harvard. In my opinion, few rappers, really, let alone artists of any stripe, have illuminated the experience of black urban youth at the turn of the century uh, with more clarity, with more beauty, with more truth than uh, Nas. I mean, really, his lyrics are so incisive and conceptually his songs are amazing. He's got songs on uh, this album uh, that takes the form of a letter written from an inmate at Rikers back to the people of his neighborhood. He has a song on another album, Stillmatic, uh, that happens in reverse. The lyrics describe in reverse the moment of the scene of a crime all the way back to the moment when the bullet, you know, in reverse enters the gun. Just brilliant, brilliant stuff. Uh, and as for the musical texture of this album, Illmatic uh, in particular, it leans heavily toward jazz. Um, it's got a lot of amazing producers on here uh, and longtime hip hop heads will know these names. DJ Premier, Large Professor, Pete Rock, uh, Q-Tip produces some beats here. And Gosh, you can really sense they take these samples from jazz artists whole cloth because they respect them so much. Um, so you can hear, you know, Ahmad Jamal 
you know, a sample by Ahmad Jamal on this album, a sample by the Heath Brothers on this album, a sample by Donald Byrd uh, on this album. And Matt, the connection, Nas's connection to jazz doesn't end there either. He's the son of the avant-garde cornetist, Aludara. And you can actually hear Aludara playing muted cornet on the standout track, uh, Life's a Bitch. Uh, and again, a hard scrabble, you know, he cuts to the truth of things, but it's a great track. Really every album, every track on this album is just amazing. And like I say, they have been studying Nas's lyrics in poetry classes at Harvard. So, uh, yeah, that's number two for me. Illmatic from 
like I said, is one of the most influential records of its period. So nasty that it's probably somewhat of a travesty having me. Then he told the people you can call me your majesty. Keep your battery charged. He know it won't stick, yo. And it's not his fault to kick slow. Should've let your trick hold, chick hold your sick glow. Plus nobody couldn't do nothing once he let the brick go. And you know I know that's a bunch of snow. The beat is so butter. Peep the slow cutter as he uttered a calm flow. Don't talk about my mom, yo. Sometimes he rhyme quick, sometimes Sometimes he rhymes slower, vice versa. Whip up a slice of nice verse pie, hit it on the first try, villain. The worst guy, spot hot tracks like spot a pair of fat asses. Shots of the scotch from out the square, shot glasses. And he won't stop till he got the masses. And show him what they know not through flows of hot molasses. Do it like the robot to head spin to boogaloo. Took a few minutes to convince the average boogaloo. It's ugly, like look at you, it's a damn shame. Just remember all caps when you spell the man name. I love MF Doom. Uh, rest in peace to MF Doom. That was kind of shocking what we heard at the end of the year there that he had passed away. Uh, but yeah, a real legend and lyrically few people come close uh, to his delivery. All right. And that brings me to the final album on my list. Now, I don't think everybody would kind of lump this into the jazz meets hip hop category, but I'm going to try to make the case for it. And the album is The Miseducation of Lauren Hill, of course, by Lauren Hill. This one came out in 1998. Uh, a lot of people know Lauren from the Fugees, that kind of hip hop super group. She made this solo album after breaking with the Fugees, obviously, um, after she met uh, Rohan Marley one of the sons of Bob Marley, um, and became pregnant and decided to make a solo album kind of chronicling this experience. And in a lot of ways, it is dealing with her return to faith and connecting with her roots, both spiritually, you know, and becoming a Christian and musically. Um, you can tell that she brings to this album her very strong influences from gospel and R&B and soul and, you know, she counts as her heroes, people like Aretha Franklin and Roberta Flack. Um, and that connection is kind of why I'm including this album here, because the album is clearly part of, you know, the family tree of these great R&B singers like Aretha, like Roberta Flack, who themselves are descendants of, you know, the great jazz singers, Nina Simone, Dinah Washington, Nancy Wilson, Sarah Vaughn, Ella Fitzgerald, Billie Holiday. And Lauryn Hill's voice as a singer clearly reflects that. Uh, but at the same time, she is a phenomenal rapper, very much in that East Coast, you know, 1990s boom bap style and songwriter. She's a guitarist. She writes a lot of the songs on uh, this album. And there's a lot of acoustic music on this album, which is kind of rare in hip hop, especially for that time. Now, of course, you know, they're, everybody knows the roots, you know, one of the most iconic acoustic hip hop bands. And by what I mean by that is people are playing real live instruments. You know, Questlove is back there on drums. But yeah, every track on this album is a hit. You know, some made more so by cameos um, from people like Carlos Santana, who plays guitar on the track to Zion. And D'Angelo, who kind of became the neo-soul figurehead of the early 2000s, uh, he's on the track Nothing Even Matters. Yeah, this is just an incredible album. One of the best-selling albums of all time uh, was, you know, kind of preserved by the Library of Congress uh, and kind of ushered in 
this era known as neo soul, which found artists like Erica Badu, uh, D'Angelo, bands like The Roots returning to a bygone era of, of you know soul and funk, uh, marrying that with hip hop and contemporary R and B, and coming up with something entirely new. And Matt, that's really what this connection is all about, right? I mean, when you talk about jazz and when you talk about hip hop, you're talking about people who had to use uh, kind of the tools at their disposal, whether that's instruments, you know, in the case of the early jazz artists, instruments that were handed down from marching bands, you know, and stuff like that. Uh, Style snippets of music, you know, from Caribbean music um, to African music to, you know, military music and coming up with a new genre. That's just what the hip hop artists were doing in the 70s and 80s, taking things at their disposal, uh, turntables, uh, you know, boom boxes and improvising a new genre of music, a new genre of art. That to me is the biggest connection between the whole thing. Um, So before I carry on and get all misty eyed, let's go ahead and listen to a track from (laughs) The Miseducation of Lauryn Hill. We did it. It was a fascinating episode. I love to hear you talk about these albums, Brian. Uh, you got real passion for them, and I loved your picks, too. <laughs> oh, thanks. Likewise. Likewise for you. I'm glad you kind of brought it into uh, the present tense, because I have a tendency to get a little nostalgic about this stuff, and uh, especially when it comes to hip-hop, I definitely have a golden era in the 90s, early 2000s, but... Um, yeah, this was a fun one. I'm super excited for this issue that's going to be coming out um, in March. Again, the spring 2021 issue all about jazz and hip hop interviews with uh, hip hop producers who were heavily influenced by jazz interviews with, uh, you know, jazz artists who are finding new ways to incorporate elements from hip hop into their own playing again that list of essential jazz rap albums plus the reviews you know interviews you've come to expect from jazz's magazine super excited about it coming out in march head on over to jazz's.com become a subscriber today all right matt this was a pleasure man this was fun and i'm glad to be talking to you again after a little bit of a break but uh people listening you can expect more of these podcasts moving forward absolutely and i'm looking forward to the next one yes sir all right matt That'll do it for this episode. Bye-bye. I'll catch you later. Mm-hmm.